0: well good afternoon and welcome to our interview series i'm warren howard and at howard co we help our clients build high performing and sustainable organizations that attract and retain the best people and in our interview series what we do is we try and delve into the the current and topical workplace issues that impact on On, I think, you know, things that are relevant to managers and employees, and with a particular focus on the human side of work. Our theme for April is agility, and in particular, leadership in periods of change. Now, we know that the past 12 months have shown how disruptive change can be, especially change which is imposed on us. And yet, emerging from this challenge has evolved a new kind of leadership. One which acknowledges change understands the impact on people and inspires action towards new and redefined goals even when dealing with uncertainty this is the work of the agile leader today i'm talking with jen mcveety founder and owner of seven steps to writing success good afternoon jen
1: oh hi warren i'm so looking forward to chatting with you today
0: the same here, Jen, it's been a while we've been planning to do this, and I'm so, I'm so happy to be able to be spending some time with you, and that we should explain to people it's a beautiful autumn afternoon here in Melbourne, from where we're sitting, it's the eve of Easter, and so we are all, you and me in particular, looking forward to a nice restful break over a long weekend. So let me tell you a little bit about Jen And Jen and I have known each other now for over six years. Jen started her career as a maths and an English teacher and morphed into a full-time author of over 20 books. Some of those are probably on the bookshelves behind her. She's become an international speaker to authors all over the USA and in Asia, and she's used her author skills and her speaking skills and logical skills to create the Seven Steps Writing Company that now trains over 6,000 teachers a year in Australia alone. It is the largest writing training company in Australia. And by the way, Jen is also a diehard sports person, a fairly dab hand at poker, I'm told. She has skied glaciers, hiked the Grand Canyon, and flies on a circus trapeze for fun. Now, Jen, what do you do to relax? All of that, um, <laughs> you know, you
1: really, uh, like chasing a beach volleyball, you can't think of anything else but getting a ball. It's a very soothing activity for the brain. It's good.
0: Fantastic, Jen, and probably a very good analogy for running a business, I would say. Mm. Being able to juggle, catch balls, and run around a lot uh, doing many things at the one time. So in today's interview, Gem, we're going to cover a number of questions. And we will to sort of dive into what your experiences of 2020 were, you know, how the business had to adjust, how you adjusted as a leader, and then refocus on well, what's happening in 2021 and what does the business look like going forward uh, from here on into the future. So really excited to be talking with you and to get your in- insights and feedback because you've had a most amazing journey, particularly in the last 18 months. So let's start with the first question. What three words best describe your leadership experience, particularly during the last 12 months?
1: Oh, I think i call it the three Cs, actually. It was chaotic. Um, and I had to be very calming throughout all that. And, um, and of course, it was challenging, as it was for everyone in the world. Um, so with the, the chaos, I mean, it happened so quickly. And I was like, I, I was actually skiing in Japan when this the uh, COVID first started. And, uh, you know, we were hearing rumours of everything shutting down. And the first thing I knew about it was that um, as I was flying into Hong Kong on Cafe Pacific to Japan, I noticed all these planes were grounded and you just rolled past bay after bay of planes, you know, on the, on the tarmac, not flying. And I went, that's really eerie. So I kind of got stuck in Japan um, and, uh, you know, I still went skiing and then started trying to scramble back home. By the time I got back to Australia, um, my staff had packed everything up. They were all working from home. And that was just extraordinary in the space of two weeks. It just happened like that. So the first thing I had to do was be calming. So <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, um, I did all the figures. I just spent a day crawling through the figures, seeing how long we could last, um, with, and I didn't expect the help that we got from the government. Uh, so uh, with JobKeeper, and I, I did the figures, and I said, okay, we've got backup. We can make six months easy. We can make a year for sure. Uh, if we do it a bit tougher. And and then I started ringing up staff and having conversations with them um, just to calm them, just to say, mm-hmm. hey, we've got you back, no one's going anywhere. Um, and my second-in-command, Kathleen, she said to me, Jen, before you ring people, the first thing you should say is you are not getting fired.
0: You're absolutely right. You know, the first thing... As, as a leader or a business owner, that you really had to do was, was really shore up the business. And, you know, I'm sure you were the same. The, our accountants were telling us, well, you've got to do your risk assessment and then you've yep. got to start with your cash flow. So, you know, there was that other C that popped into it. But I think once we'd done that and had a look at, you know, what was in the tank and then the support that came in the way of JobKeeper and other uh, cash flow boosts, Uh, that that gave a little bit of reassurance so I think that led to then your ability to talk confidently with your staff because the other thing we wanted to shore up obviously was the engagement of people and reduce any any uncertainty beyond what was obvious uh, but certainly from a work point of view to try and ensure that we were retaining people's engagement and not uh, you know they didn't have to worry about having a job that was really important to us and I think that was made a little bit easier by the incentives that came our way as well, because we could say that with more confidence and certainty. So thank you for that. Mm. Of course, if we, you know, as you said, you were literally watching planes sitting on a tarmac and that was your first insight into into what was ahead. If we go back to March of last year, 2020, Mm. think about your business model and what that looked like then, because we can... Get an idea of how the business functioned and was functioning up until 2020 before we then talk about, well, what did you have to change later on? But well, what was your business model back in 2020, in March of 2020? Right.
1: We'd just come out in uh, 2019 year. We'd just come out from our best year ever. Uh, it was a mm-hmm. glory year. We trained over 6,000 teachers a year either in schools themselves or in workshops. Yep. 6,000 teachers in Australia alone. And um, and then we, uh, we were running workshops in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Newcastle, everywhere. Um, and we also had 17,000 people on our membership website, which is a subscription website where um, it's got videos, it's got training videos, it's got templates, uh, everything like that, a beautiful resource and teachers love. And that was a model. So 70% of our business was face-to-face training and 30% was the um, membership website.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, face-to-face training totally died. Uh, so there in March, 70% of our income went down, just totally down.
0: So you lost your audience who were teachers yeah. who obviously yeah. had to pivot and they were teaching from home. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, you couldn't have the face-to-face training that you had relied on for so long.
1: No, exactly. We, we, we would be running workshops with 50 or 60 people in them. Well, that wasn't possible with social distancing. Um, and then, of course, we were in Victoria and all the states, uh, when we got really, you know, the second wave and the second lockdown and everything, uh, they, they didn't let us out. Basically, we were locked in Victoria, so we couldn't put presenters on planes. So even if we could have run a workshop, we couldn't even get to a
0: workshop. Okay, Jen, thank you. So that was 2020, and I'm sure we've all got very long memories of our experiences of last year. But now fast forward. Here we are, end of March 2021. So where are you now? Where where is the business at and and where are you at in terms of the way you're leading now?
1: Well, we're actually in a very exciting place. Um, It was an exhausting year, but we basically took that 70% of training that was face-to-face and we learned how to do it online. Mm. Uh, So we... And we didn't want to do a boring online thing, you know, not, not like a talking head type thing. We wanted to do it the same way as we run our workshops. And um, that's a, a lot of interaction. You learn by doing, you know. So 30% of our face to face workshops are, are people doing stuff, trying out writing techniques. So we had to find ways to replicate that by Zoom, um, which is what we were using. And that was interesting to look at all those activities and then have to translate them to either a chat or a breakout room or put in different activities like that. And then at the same time, uh, I had to train all our presenters in Zoom and I was no expert either. So I was about half a lesson ahead of them. And I figured out what was going to be a good way. As I went to the YouTubers, you know, all those people that can just hold up a camera and go blah, 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 you know? And so I started watching their videos and thinking, how are they doing it? And there were some great ones on makeup and all about lighting and everything. So we learned all that. So now we've got presenters that can just talk in front of of a Zoom thing and and you know, get feedback from people and they're so relaxed in front of that camera. It's just amazing what they're doing.
0: It, look, it, it is fascinating, isn't it? When we think back, I, I'm just thinking now, you know, my I didn't even know what Zoom was back in March of 2020. No. And and, and now, you know, I'm fully set up to run uh, interviews like we're doing here, uh, using Zoom for our own meetings with client meetings uh, for recruitment interviews. So we've all learned new skills. But the question I was going to ask you during that one too, Jen, was, you know, first of all, you had to respond uh, to the changes in the market, the the fact that you were no longer able to bring people into the classroom, uh, the teachers, uh, to train them. So you had to use the online forum, which fortunately you already had under development. But this meant a change. I was going to say, how did that, Uh, impact on the way you led the business you know that refocusing and then you know we use the word pivoting to this online platform what 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 did you have to draw on as a leader to, to make that happen
1: well I've always led basically by the way I wanted to be led But I'm a big picture person and sometimes it doesn't work for other type people. So it's kind of uh, seat of the pants leadership Mm -hmm. but also empathy because, you know, it's a great thing um, if you've got to treat people the way you want to be treated too and you've got to be kind and you've you've got to put that into your leadership as well. So with um, the seat of the pants thing, well, it's not always that good because I didn't come from a corporate structure. Uh, you know, I, I came, well, an author. Mm-hmm. We work on our own. You know, obviously there's no corporate structure needed. It, it's like just put your butt in the seat and super glue it there until the book is finished, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so fortunately, my second-in-command, Kathleen, she came from a really good background of, knowing a lot of these systems so she uh, during this very tumultuous time she was the one project leading all the change and keeping us all on board and keeping us focused and keeping us to our deadlines which were massive absolutely massive and then I think what happened was I did the more empathy thing which was just making sure people were feeling okay and um, and and trying to just say to people we will get through this, um, and not giving any big rousing speeches of we're gung ho we'll be fine, mm-hmm. but just saying we'll make it through, you know, and we will come out better on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel now a year later that you know we've we've now. Almost trebled our offerings. So instead of the face-to-face workshops, we've got so many more online variations of that. That's a really good place to be.
0: It's an amazing place to be. You know, during a disruptive time, to be so productive. And I was going to ask you, as a result of that, um, you know, that emphasis in your leadership style, and and the way in which you engaged with your general manager, um, how did people respond? How did, the, how did the rest of the team respond to this new challenge?
1: They were absolutely amazing. They, our team is so dedicated. They just, okay. they, they just worked so hard and they were struggling. You know, everyone was frightened um, and in turmoil and wondering what had happened to that nice, safe world we had. And, and everyone's working from home on kitchen tables and in bedrooms. And our Zoom meetings were hilarious because um, there were dogs walking by and barking and there were kids, you know, demanding to be fed. And, you know, we just uh, we just had to say, this is life. This is what we've got. And um, I've always believed you hire the whole person so the family, your life is a very important part of your life. And I think people knew and they knew beforehand that uh, I I genuinely care, you know. Um, and so I think that really helped us get through and the culture that we had was just always really, really strong.
0: So you've got to sort of say that you had strong foundations in the beginning and even though the external environment was shifting and, and quite unsettling for people, you you really tried to make work that safe place and that, that space that place that also recognized what was going on outside because I, I, I do know that you've got parents in your team who had children at home whom they were homeschooling as well during that time. And so there was a lot going on outside of work that needs to be accommodated and understood. You know, that's your your emphasis on on empathy. So thank you, Jen. So let's cast our mind now, looking ahead. What is your biggest leadership challenge for 2021?
1: I only get one to choose from. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think a lot of business leaders. Where do I start? Um, Look, you talked about momentum. And I think that's a really good thing. I I think of it as bedding down. We've got to bed down what we've achieved. It's it's just huge. Um, But it's, um, you know, people are still from last year tired. And we don't know what we're facing. Look, Brisbane just got locked down suddenly for three days. Um, That could happen at any time. So we do have to uh, acknowledge that we're facing uncertainty. And that's a big leadership challenge. Um, And yet, at the same time, something that we'd put in place just before COVID was um, a total rebrand and an amazing membership website and front-facing website, too. This has been going on for a year. So our team are facing that, which is a big fight. And then um, we bought new offices just before COVID hit, too. Um, great timing, um, but uh, now we're revamping those offices and we'll be moving into them in about a month or so. So there's big changes ahead. So um, it, it, it's just it's exciting, but at the same time, you do have to be very measured about what, what we're doing and how we can, you know, keep staff feeling that that's doable and, and we can manage that.
0: So... On that note, what inspires you most about the future for your business and your team?
1: Well, our team, I was just so proud of every single person. It was such an honour to work with people like that. And, I mean, everybody who comes to our offices says, oh, your staff are amazing, you know? It's like... um, even the temps that come in, they go back to the temp agency and they say, oh, the Seven Steps is a really good place. Everyone's so helpful. Um, and when we talk to new staff, they go, oh, everybody really is helpful and they're having fun. And, you know, you help create that because some, some of the people in that office uh, are people that you and I sat down six years ago and things were a lot smaller and we we hired just great, great people, and that 's yeah, you understand our culture and the fact that we do want to work really hard, and we love all of us love working hard, uh, but we do want to have fun too, and so that 's what the greatest uh, pride i I took in that was just how wonderful our staff are, and then from the point of view of the business. Mm. That's exciting. So now, as I said, we've got like triple our our products. Um, We we want to uh, share that with the world and with the online, of course, that sets us up to go international at some stage and I certainly won't be doing that this year, uh, you know, talking about momentum and betting down. But, you Mm -hmm. know, there's all those possibilities that we've got ahead of us and I just think, Wow, uh, change is uncomfortable, but boy, when you come out of the other end of it and you've created those stretch goals, well, we sure stretch. I think we're all six foot three tall now, at least.
0: <laughs> Jen, thank you so much. You are a really good example when we talk about sustainable, high performing organizations that attract and retain the best people. And it's been a real pleasure being part of that journey with you over time. And I hope it continues for evermore. Because I really do love working with seven steps to writing success. And can I say, who anyone who's listening, have a look at the website? So it's seven steps to writing success. This is what is going on in schools to help educate your children to become inspired writers. And Jen is leading that charge to really. I think, help lift through uh, some wonderful teachers who those 6,000 teachers that she trains every year um, to really lift that standard of literacy in schools, but also make writing exciting for kids as well. Jen, thank you so much for sharing your afternoon with us. Really appreciate it.
1: Uh, It was wonderful to chat. Thanks, Warren.
0: Thank you, Jen. Bye-bye.